Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for never giving up on us. We thank you because you loved us unconditionally. You loved us in spite of our weakness, in spite of the things that we can't do perfectly. You loved us when we were in the gutter. You loved us in our weakest situations. You loved us. You loved us and you gave yourself for us. Today we raise our hands, we raise our hearts and we worship you. We tell you, you alone deserve all the glory. No one else was dragged on the streets of Jerusalem. No one else was beaten till he bled. No one else was beaten till his skin tore and his bones were showing. No one else bled and died. No one else was hung on that cross. No one else was crowned with thorns. No one else, no one else was laid upon all the sins of the earth but you, Jesus. You died three days. You rose from the dead. You did everything to bring us to the Father. And so we can sing in I'm a child, I'm a child of God. Come on, put those hands together and celebrate Jesus if you're excited to be God's child. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Please have your seats. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. He doesn't have unwanted children. I'm a child of God. He loves me. Mm, he loves me. It doesn't matter who else doesn't love me. My father loves me. He loves me. My boyfriend may not love me anymore. My, my fiancé might say I'm not good for nothing anymore. Anyone can say anything. But God loved me. He loved me so much and he thinks I'm valuable. He thinks I'm worth it. You know, I might think I'm not worth it, but he thinks I'm worth it. I might feel unworthy, but he feels I'm worthy. He feels I'm worthy so much he was willing to give his life for me. Help me with this praise. I do this all the time. I'm going to do it again. This phone, sit down, don't worry. I don't know the amount this phone goes for, but let's just say for the purpose of argument that this phone goes for 500000 I don't, I don't mean to undermine your phone if it's more expensive than that. But just for the sake of argument this morning, I said this phone is 500000 And I'm going to pay 500000 to get this phone. Between this phone and 500000 which one is greater? What did you say? You say 500,000 is greater, but I was willing to put this 500,000 down to get this phone. I was willing to give away my 500,000 to get this phone. So you think this phone is, this 500,000 is greater than this phone? What do you think? But phone is greater than 500,000, I was willing to put away 500,000 for the phone. But in worth, is the phone greater than 500,000? In worth, in value, it means the same. 500,000? 
and the phone. Now, some people might not even see any reason why they are going to pay so much. I do paintings, for instance, and I put a painting for a millionaire, for instance. Someone does not see the reason why this painting should go for so much, but someone who appreciates hearts understands that this painting is worth a million. Someone who is an illiterate, unlearned person might think this is just crap. Why do you pay so much for this? But the person who is paying it understands the worth. That this painting is worth a million. So the phone is worth 500,000. I gave away 500,000 to get this phone. The value of this phone is 500,000 to me. The value of this phone, the worth of this phone is 500,000 to me. When God gave away Jesus to get you, you are worth Jesus to him. He looked at you and you were worth Jesus. He was willing to give. I don't care how you feel about yourself. You may wake up this morning thinking you are terrible, thinking you are miserable. But someone thought you were worth the son of God. Died to get you back. Paid his life to redeem you. Isn't that wonderful? So you see that what your boyfriend said last doesn't matter. Says you are rubbish, says you are crap. What your ex told you, what your parents may have told you, you are a wanted child, <laughs> unwanted children. But God says, I'm, you are wanted. He says, I love you. I loved you so much, I gave my life for you. You may have woken up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, but if you woke up to see the new day, it means that God is not done with you. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Every time you wake up in the morning and you see the sun rise, it's because no matter how terrible you feel about yourself, God is not done with you yet. He's not done with you. Would you celebrate Him one more time? It's wonderful. Sorry, 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 sorry. Amen. We are so privileged this morning to have in our midst a powerful woman of God, a strong mother in the house. Wonderful, wonderful. Would you please rise on your feet and please let me celebrate. I wrote her name out there. Celebrate. Let me rise, rise, rise. Let me celebrate in our midst. She's a, a bimbola favor, longe. Woman of God, thank you very, very much, ma'am. Thank you so much, ma'am. We are so glad. And she came with some of her friends. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you very much. So let's celebrate them one more time. Thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. Eshegoma. Please have a seat. Uh, I was very, very touched when she came. She, when we came at the other time, we were at the other side, in that cubicle. And she came, and then... She came at the time where there was scandal around pastors. You know, you know what I'm talking about? A young pastor with dreads. All these pastors in her bag. And she has two beautiful daughters in this church, Feromi and... Dumo, where are they seated today? Where's Fermi? Fermi and Dumo, yeah, they're there. Beautiful. Where? Toby is a son, he's not a daughter. <laughs> I said, two beautiful daughters. Is Toby his daughter? So, beautiful daughters and fantastic. You wonder. So, she, she came around to check the church these people are going. And Fortunately for us that day, we were praying in tongues. So she came in, sat at the back, and we usually pray in tongues for like 20 minutes. So she sat five minutes, we didn't stop. Ten minutes, we didn't stop. Fifteen minutes, we didn't stop. Makatalabada, ekatalaba. I said, this is a good church. <laughs> went away. And I called, I called her afterwards. I said, Ma, I'm so sorry, we couldn't stop. He said, yes, that's good. Emma, pray. Emma, bagra. Emma, You know, thank you very much, Ma. Thank you very much. We're so glad you are such a blessing. You know, to have seen you raise daughters in this generation, children who serve God with all their heart. I mean, it's such, let's celebrate her one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. And please help me celebrate yourself for being in church this morning. 
this is our first second service. We had the first service for the first time this morning. And it was powerful. And we are having the second service again. And the place is almost full. So you guys see the reason why we must have a second service. If you try this on a normal service, we can't, we, there's no place to put people. Last Sunday, everybody was, people were standing all over the old place. So we are, we are getting ready for... <laughs> I'm not there. We started talking about love. And I said to us in John chapter 13, the Bible says that I've given you a new commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. That you love your brother, you love your sister. And the point there is that you have to love like Jesus loves. You see, it is easy just to say love, but to love as Jesus loves is to love people when they are in the gutter. Love people in their worst situations. It's to, it's to see someone where they are and love them the way they are. Because God loves us unconditionally. He loves us without our performance. We don't need to perform to be loved. He loved us unconditionally while we are unsaved and he loves us unconditionally now that we are saved. Religion will tell you that once you give your life to Christ, now that you are giving your life to Christ, you have to read your Bible unless God will not love you. You have to pray unless God will not love you. You have to fast unless God will not love you. You have to pray and fast and attend night vigil unless God will not heal you. That's absolutely incorrect. There is no way that God will love a sinner unconditionally and then love his children conditionally. If he loved the sinner while he never read the Bible, he still loved him, he would love a believer even if he doesn't read his Bible. Does that mean we should not read our Bible? Absolutely not. I have two daughters. I love them. I've told you they cannot be more daughter than they are. They cannot be more daughtered than they are. There's no amount of serving they can serve me that their daughterment will increase. They have reached the peak of their daughterment. They cannot be more my daughter than they already are. Are you following my point? So it is not by anything that they do. But if they eat their food, they would grow. That's the place of God's word. If you eat God's word, you would grow. If my daughters do not eat, they will die in spite of my love for them. So if I don't study God's word, if I don't pray, I'll become vulnerable to Satan's attack in spite of God's love for me. Are you following me now? So his love for us is unconditional. So when he says love your brother, he's asking you to love your brother the same way he loves you. The same way he loves you, unconditionally. He doesn't love you because you did anything right. He doesn't love you because you performed anything. He loves me because he loves me. He doesn't love me because I'm lovely. He loves me because he is lovely. He doesn't love me because I pay my fight or I pay my offering. He loved me when I didn't give him a dime of my money. He would not love me more because I do them. He already loved me to the best and to the peak of his love when he gave his life for me. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Bible says, For God commended his love towards us. Romans 5, verse 8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he's asking us to love. Love your brother. Love your sister. So now that we have that commandment, now we're going to have to learn how to love people. And I started talking about handling offenses. I started on Tuesday. I started, we continued in first service. I don't want to go through all I went through in first service. But if you really, really want to learn this, you may have to get the link for the first service where I spoke about the angles. Number one, am I the one who did wrong? Am I the one that did wrong? Why are we having this issue? Am I the one that did wrong? Or am I the one that's going about with offense in my head? I'm always the one that's having problems. Am I the one? You know, people are going around with offenses. People are going like judging people. If I sit down here, let's assume my wife did not sit down here now. People say, ah, his wife is not even sitting down in this church. Maybe the wife not even believe in this ministry. <laughs> and you wouldn't know that maybe she's taking care of the children out there. We just give people reason. Somebody walked past, didn't greet you. You don't know whether his mother has died. You just say it's disrespectful. You don't know what people are going through. We are just going about with baggages of offenses and we're catching offense, picking offense, looking for offense everywhere. It's terrible. Number two, I said it might not be you, it might be someone else. 
It might be someone that is responsible for that offense. And do not be too humble to admit that I am not the one responsible for this offense. Don't be too needy of people's approval. Don't be too needy of people's validation. Some people, no matter what happens, they will always say, I don't know why they like me. This boy did not like People do not need to like you. You are not responsible for their feelings. People do not need to love you. you do, if you are addicted to people's affirmation, you have put yourself in the bondage. I don't need it. I said to you on, on first service that somebody comes to me and says, Pastor Philip, this your preaching is a rubbish preaching. You preach nonsense. I will say thank you and walk away. I will not be blessed, but I will not be bothered. Is this problem? Is your cup what you think about me? Is your cup of tea? You are for me, you are against me. Is your cup of tea? You see, I'm not impressed that you are for me. I'm not depressed because you are against me. It's your personal problem. I am detached from emotions. Absolutely detached from. And that's how people say, Philip, you are not emotional. Because I don't care. Really. And until you get to that place where, if so far you are sure you are doing the right thing, even if it's only you and God, you are okay. If everyone in your office. When I went to my. Um, that thing we're doing, law, um, what's, what do you call it? Extension, court extension. I did in Porter Court. Extension, and so the, the judge on our final day invited all of us to, to his house. And you know how Porter Court is? You know how Porter Court people can be when it comes to alcohol? I'm sorry if I'm Porter Court. I don't mean to look down on you. But you know how they can be? So all of us were there in the room. All the students were in his house. All the... You know, his friends were there, celebrated. All of them were taking alcohol, except me. And I didn't feel strange. I didn't feel they would look at me that maybe I don't mean a bunk Or maybe I'm not trained. I don't care. If somebody sitting there and I say, look at it, I don't care. It's your personal property. I have my convictions. My convictions are my convictions. My persuasions are my persuasions. You cannot make me feel bad about my convictions. You cannot guilt trip me. You cannot make me look low, make me feel less because you don't believe. So there are times that no matter what you do, people will be offended, even if you are right. So if you want to look for an example, Jesus is an example. Jesus did everything possibly right, and yet people hated him for it. So I said, it could be you, it could be someone else, then three, it could be both of you. I explained that in the first service. Then third one, the fourth one, which I want to finish in on today's service, is that it could be God that is training your relationship. Yes. God used to scatter relationship. Yes. It could be God. It could be God that is raising a strain. God is not responsible for hatred or bitterness. He doesn't do that. But he could take his blessing away from a relationship. If I have a child, and my child, I see him you know, fellowshipping with people that are wrong, I will do everything humanly possible to disconnect my child from those people. God will do that. God can strain relationships. In fact, this relationship is going to lead you to hell. It can cause you to be strained. Stop trying to heal what God is trying to kill. It could be God straining that relationship. I had a lady when I was in part two, 200 level. As a young 200 level, entered university very young. And I was very naive. I've told you guys about my story before. I was very troublesome in secondary school. I was jumping up and down. But I was not exposed to women. My wife is my first girlfriend ever. The only woman I ever told to marry me. The only person, I don't have X, I don't have Y. She's my Z. The beginning and the end. Nothing. Now, I was not exposed to women. Never. Never exposed to any woman. Throughout all my school, I was just, you know what they call it, I just want to jump fence. I want to beat people up. That was all I wanted. So I was not exposed to women. So as troublesome as I was, I was very naive with women things. But this girl was more mature than I was, about five years older than me. And she said she was going to sleep with me. 
She did everything possible. At least, to, I've not kissed before. At least, kiss. Start first with kissing. So, in the night, when we were walking around, she would hold me down. want to put her mouth. I said, leave me alone. You know, and we were struggling for days until one day she refused to pick my calls anymore. She got so angry. I said, why are you angry? She didn't want to tell me. I'm angry. I'm going to block it. God told me, I am the one there. I'm the one behind it. I did everything. I apologized. She didn't want to. She said, don't ever tell me. Anything. I don't want to see your face ever in this life again. I was praying. I knelt and I saw a vision. And I saw a stone rolled away. And the glory of God shone out of a tomb. And God says, I've rolled this girl away. Don't roll her back. <laughs> Sometimes it is God that is behind the offense. To move you to the next level. God can do that. If he knows that this relationship is not going to lead you to where he wants to lead you. Sometimes God can cause a straining relationship because you have stayed too long in the place, like a cross between Egypt and Israel. They were doing fine, they were doing well, but they were getting too comfortable in a strange land. God said, This is not your destination. So He removed the love that Pharaoh had from Israel, He removed it from His heart, and it became wicked. Some of you are going through thorough wickedness in your office. God is telling you something. People that used to love you before, they are now hating you. You don't know where the spirit of hatred came from. You have to be sensitive. Maybe God is saying it's time to move. It's time to move. Hardship, affliction, tension. The things that you don't used to experience before, you are beginning to experience it. Maybe God is saying you have stayed too long on this mountain. That things that used to be friendly before are no longer friendly. Relationships that are not moving you next to God. You know what I'm talking about? When you're close to people that are moving you far away from God. God will do everything to get him away. Abraham and Lot, the same thing. Abraham was called alone. He picked Lot with him. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 17 that when Lot left, God spoke to Abraham. He said, now look from whence you are, northward, eastward, westward, southward. For every land which you see, I would give to you. Lot had been the entrance to the vision of Abraham all the while. So God orchestrated a conflict among Lot's men and Abraham's men to separate Lot. Sometimes God is the one killing that relationship. You have to be sensitive. Why? Why this tension? Why this affliction? Why is everything going so wrong? God has noticed that you have become too dependent on that relationship. You have lost touch with God. And you have become codependent and become eternally dependent on a man or a woman. God will cause there to be separation. The Bible says, in the day that Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. There are people that God must by necessity remove from your life to clear your vision. Don't heal what God is killing. You have stayed too long there. Stay too comfortable there. That's why your pastor is fighting. That's why your brother is fighting. That's why your boss is fighting. That's why your friend Everybody is fighting you. What's happening? Something is not working. It happened in the life of Jacob and Laban. Laban became very harsh to Jacob. God spoke, said, Jacob! I'm the Lord God of Bethel. Arise and get it down to Bethel. Your time here is over. Sometimes it's God. Pastor Philip, are you saying that? God? Yes, it's God. It's God. It's God. He's the hand behind the hatred of Pharaoh. It was the hand. It was the hand. It was the one that twisted the heart of Pharaoh. It was the one. So that Israel would cry because Israel were not crying. They had gotten comfortable there. Mana, they didn't get it. Every other thing I could have given them, they didn't get it because they were comfortable with cucumber and onions. Salary! Salary! I see. Aha, you stay there because you don't want to know what God asked for you. 
So you see your boss always angry with you. Always angry with you. You pass. Nonsense. What's happening? You went to church. You anoint your head. Think that the oil of favor. Oil of favor. He run me. Which oil? As you come in, hey, get it. Go out. I wonder what's happening. Where's all this thing coming from? Could be God. Saying you have stayed too long there. You have become so familiar. You have become so familiar. It's possible you have made mistakes with relationships and chosen the wrong person as a mate, as a spouse. When I mean spouse, I mean spouse to be. That's what I mean actually. A girlfriend or a boyfriend or a fiancé, like you want to call it, whatever is comfortable for you. Or a person you are courting with. And this person you are courting with is not even born again. And God notices it. God knows that this person will lead you into destruction. So God causes a problem. You are trying to solve, you are trying to reconcile. It's not reconciling. The guy is angry with you. No matter what you say, he's angry. Everything you do is angry. Leave him alone. Leave her alone. You wake up, he block you. You fight. The fight did not end. Leave him alone. Are you not a human being? You two, are you not a, a complete human being? Must you be dependent on human, one human being? Why is your life so dependent that you cannot live your life without a man or live a life without a woman? It's not, it's not scriptural. When he created Adam, he created them alone, single, not double. He says, and these two become one. Single people. One, chase a thousand. Two, chase ten thousand. It is a one, chasing zero. Each one was already chasing something before he met the other one. It is the coming together of people that are already chasing something that culminates and amplifies what they are chasing and makes 2,000 become 10,000. But when one is not chasing anything, he's looking for something that will be chasing up and down. People think that marriage is financial security. Marriage is emotional security. Marriage is not emotional security. Marriage is not financial security. Marriage is not even security from temptation to sin. Anyone that cannot control himself from sex will commit fornication and adultery and conductory. And fondotry, he will commit everything even in marriage. Marriage is not the solution to lust. The spirit is the solution to lust. The Bible says the spirit lusted against the flesh. flesh. So marriage, marriage is not the solution for anything. People that are having sex, they are cheating. They will cheat in marriage. You cheat as boyfriend, you cheat in marriage. They cheat everywhere. Marriage is not the solution to cheating. Say so when we marry, some people are, they are fighting. They are fighting. Some married people. They say the reason why we are fighting is because we are not married. Your fight is going to amplify. You'll be shocked. You two of you buy boxing glove. You will be you will so fight. Marriage is such a very thing. So God knows that this person you have joined yourself to is a strange person. That's why he caused a storm when Jonah joined himself to the to the ship going to Tarshish. He created a storm. You are going the wrong direction. You have chosen to the wrong ship. So that storm you are facing could be God telling you on the wrong direction. Stop trying to heal what God wants to kill. It could be God. There's so much I would have said on this, but I don't want to waste too much of your time. But I've just started two services. <laughs> evil communications corrupt good manners. Good manners don't change evil communications. Don't deceive yourself. If you put a good apple among rotten apple, the good apple will not good the rotten apple. The rotten apple, we're rotten. It's easy to catch bad habits than to catch good habits. Stop deceiving yourself. This boy will lead you to hell. I want to change him. I want to change him. Converter, thank you. You are going to be shocked. You'll, you'll be shocked. It is easier to become terrible. 
If God wants to do something in your life, he will put someone there. If Satan wants to do something in your life, he will put someone there. Satan, associations are the most critical thing in the world. I can tell you of a truth. That the reason why I've stayed on fire for God, I don't have two secrets. The reason why I've stayed on fire for God is that I kept the same kind of friends I've kept since I gave my life to Christ. Friends who don't play with sin. Friends who don't think it's okay just to have a little sin. That grace has covered it. I don't keep such friends. I keep friends that run away from sin. Friends that don't play around sin to impress God. That see me. I'm only playing. I don't fall inside. You don't? You don't? Eh? I don't play with such friends. I pray for them. Be free! Far! My friends. My friends don't toy. Associations are the strongest weapon in our lives. If you wrong work with the wrong person, you get into the, the goat that walks the dog will eat feces. There's nothing. Everyone that's missed it in life started talking to the wrong person. Eve started talking to the wrong person. Absalom, wrong person. Everyone that missed it, Samson, wrong person. The moment you allow Satan to introduce someone to your life, he will drag you down. So it could be God causing that offense. So that your life can be straightened up. So what do I do? How do I solve this expense? Number one, if it is me, what should I do? If it is me, what should I do? I should straighten up myself. If, if I'm the one that was, that was a problem, the first thing is I have to go and repent before God. I have to go and repent before God. The first thing is to go and repent before God. A heart against any other person is a heart against God. In the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 4, God said to Paul, say, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting the church, but God says, you have persecuted me. Every offense against a child of God is an offense against God. David said in Psalm 51 verse 4, he says, Against you alone, only, O God, have I committed this wickedness. Psalm 51 verse 4. Joseph said in Genesis chapter 37 verse 9, when Potiphar's wife tried to lure him to bed, he said, How do I perform this wickedness against God? Every wrong that you commit is a wrong against God. So the first thing is to first ask for forgiveness from God. For forgiveness from God, then you go and ask for forgiveness from the other person. When you ask for forgiveness from the other person, you cannot compel forgiveness. Don't manipulate forgiveness. Say so you call yourself a believer. I see, I see, ask for forgiveness. You still didn't think it was worth it, and you call yourself a Christian like this. You still are a Christian. That means you're not sober. You can't compel forgiveness, you can only ask for it. You can't compel trust. If someone, if you violate your marriage, for instance, and your wife doesn't trust you anymore, you can't blame her for not trusting you anymore. You have violated it. Trust cannot be given. It has to be earned. So if she's calling, where are you? What are you? Where are you there? Where is there with you? Don't say, ah, why are you? You are the one that caused it. You are the one that, don't say, ah, can't you trust me? Yes, we can't trust you. We can't trust you. You have violated it before. It will take time for trust to rebuild. So the fact that you have, even you, the fact that you are forgiving someone does not mean that you automatically put them in a place where they can offend you over and over. You don't make yourself vulnerable again because you are forgiving. You can forgive and stay distant. You can forgive and not trust. Forgiveness and trust are two separate things. If you trust people without giving them a chance to deserve it, then you are foolish. Because they will show you. Someone keeps breaking your heart, keep breaking your heart, and you keep trusting, keep trusting, then that means your heart is not useful to you. They will break it. It's because you are even able to put it back there like a hippopotamus. And what's the name of that guy that came down from the wall? Eh? Umpty Dumpty. <laughs> so, you cannot compel trust. Forgiveness can come and trust may not follow. So when you ask for forgiveness, if you have hurt them, 
ask them to forgive you. Now, if you have hurt somebody in your heart, you didn't tell the person. Please, these are instructions. These are not, they are life instructions. If you have hurt someone in your heart, maybe I thought something bad against SJ in my heart. Or I went to tell somebody in the US something against SJ that SJ can never hear. How much is this a useless person? So I now feel bad if I have asked forgiveness. I don't have to come and tell SJ that CSG, see what I've been thinking about you. There's no need. Because I'm going to, even if he says I forgive you, I have dumped my trash on him. He has to start dealing with that emotion. Like, why, why did that guy think about me like that? What did I do? What did I do? So if you have asked for forgiveness from God, you don't have to allow those things to replay in the hearts of people. You don't have to report yourself. And you don't have to go about reporting people. When somebody says something bad about people, say, ah, don't go, ah, SJ, you don't hear what a priest say about you. <laughs> if you hear what I hear about you, don't be instrumental in the hands of Satan to spread hate and bitterness and resentment. There's no need. Persons has asked for forgiveness and that should fly. Let me rush quickly because of our time. Now, if it is the other person who has offended, the Bible book of Matthew chapter 18, quickly. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. I'm going to rush this through because of our time. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Matthew 18, verse 15. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Do you have that? It says, more so if your brother has trespassed against thee. Did you see that? Everyone looks at, look at this. If your brother has done what? Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Emma Kebilo. Alone. Go and tell him means that you take the initiative. One, the first point. You take the initiative for reconciliation. You don't say, <laughs> if he doesn't come here to, to, to tell me first, this is how I'm going to be forever. I'm going to let him know that he's not the he's not, he's not feeding me. What rubbish is that? He says, you take it. Because if you, look at, if you read verse 14, it talks about when you want to pray. You want to pray you are before God and you notice that your brother has trespassed. You should drop your offering because God's not going to listen to you if you are living in unforgiveness. So go to meet him. How? Alone. 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 Toby. Alone. Don't tell anyone else first without telling the person. If someone hurts you, don't tell anybody. Don't tell, this thing is the, is the main problem. Don't tell anyone your hurts before telling the person who has hurt you. People do it. You have not yet spoken to the person and you have gone to somebody else. What that guy did pay me? I'm, I'm just, you know, you are my friend. I can't lie to you. He really paid me. That pastor, he didn't greet me. And you know, I thought that um, maybe we are, we are brethren. But I just want to know that, you know what I'm saying? That's how they are. You know, it may even be an homosexual. <laughs> that's how they are. That's how to start. If people want to be homosexual, that's how they start. They don't greet people. So they help you magnify it. Have you seen that happen? You report a fault before telling who has hurt you. The person who receives it, as a yeast, you know yeast, they help you swell it. And if you too, people are finding it comfortable to come and be dropping their trash in your life. It's because you look like a trash can. People find it comfortable. They come and dump. Keep your trash lid on. Cover it. It's open. People find it comfortable to come and tell you, I don't, sorry. But that's true. Hey, it's you. All the bad things happen in church, you are the one everybody come and tell Everybody finds it comfortable to gossip around you because you look like a trash can. And flies follow a particular kind of spell. 
The Bible says that where there's no gossip, the conflict will end. Where there's no gossip, the conflict will end. Make it a point of duty that if somebody comes to meet you, tell the person, have you told him? Have you told him about it? Say no. I say, ah, I'm going to tell him. Don't say, ah, you are of the devil. You didn't tell him. You came to tell me. You, you can do it in love. <laughs> they say, I know you people like you. This is what the Bible says. No, you can't be in love. You can't, you can't be polite. But have you, have you told him that? Say, I've not told him. I think you should tell him. I think you should tell him. I think you should tell him. If anybody comes to meet you, make it a point not to tell anyone who has hurt you or anyone anything about someone who has hurt you without first telling the person. The Bible says if somebody has a hurt against you, go and tell him alone first. Alone. That's what I do. If you do me something against me, I won't tell anybody. I'll tell you. And because this is what scripture says. If you see, if you obey this one alone, a lot of a lot of conflicts will end at this point. Because it's possible the person didn't even know he hurt you. It's possible this was, the, person, the person is thinking about something else. You see, people, are, people have stuff on their hearts. And you have to understand that. That the church is filled with people who have a lot of things they're thinking about. So if, you, if, I, if, if I take it and I go and tell someone else, and, and the two all of us think we will not have a meeting. They are just kind of useless meeting in the church. They will not sit down and table, brother Bingbe, or brother they cut him in pieces. They roast him. They eat him. Without giving him an opportunity to even explain himself. That's not working in love. If you keep receiving people's complaints about other people without asking them, have you gone to tell them, you're not working in love? You're not working in love. Give, give me the next verse. Look at that. It says, if he hears you, then you have gained your brother. Give me the next verse. Verse 16. I have to end this very quickly. Time has gone. Verse 16. What does verse 16 say? Hmm? But if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. What does this mean? That means if he doesn't hear you, that's okay. It's not that you're not going to say, hey, he doesn't hear me. Uh, SJ, are you free? Please, let's go and blast him. <laughs> so you now carry your own people. Your own people that they, will not, they can't even think. They're on your side. They are, they are blinded with loyalty. So blinded they are not able to see things clearly. So you pack them. <laughs> I'm going to bring my friend. Is it not true? No, 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 no. no that's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying bring two people. These are people that are neutral. People that are unbiased. Who can come in. You know that if you are in argument with people, you don't listen. If you, you, are, somebody, you, are, you are already thinking of your next point. Next point. Because you want to, you people are removing the points. So you are not thinking, you are not even listening to the person. Now you want to bring a third party who, who would have called an arbitration. Or someone who can mediate. Who's going to listen to both parties and be very, very impartial about it. That's what the Bible says. At this point, he may listen. But it's very critical for us to understand that it is because gossip spreads that we have conflict in the church. It is not walking in love to spread it. Let me show you a scripture. God hates it. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. The Bible says that where there's no, fire, where there's no wood, the fire goes out. Proverbs 26. If you have NLT, Please give me NLT. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Proverbs 26 verse 20. I have to end service now. Proverbs 26 verse 20. What does it say? Proverbs 26 verse 20. Quickly, quickly. Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there's no tail bearer, the strife sees it. Someone give me NLT. Who has NLT? Mm-hmm. Quarrel does what? Disappears. Now, quarrel disappears. There will be no more conflicts when 
Gossip ends. Proverbs 6 verse 19. And I end with that. Proverbs 6 verse 19. I can't go further. Proverbs 6 verse 19. We'll continue on Tuesday. Proverbs 6 verse 19. What does it say? Help me quickly. Proverbs 6 verse 19. A false witness. A false witness who speaks lies. And he that sows discord among the brethren. Verse 20. Verse 20. So if you look at the preceding verse to this verse 19, he said there are things that God hates. Six things he hates. Seven things he doesn't like. He says the seventh is one that spreads discord among the brethren. So you hear this person's story, you carry it, you tell this person. Yeah, that was, and there are people who are guilty of this in the church. If, I, if there's anywhere, is there any place they do it most, it's in church. It's a worse place. See, brothers, kill people. Not give them a chance. Not give them a chance to explain why they did what they did. Okay, you know what he did. What, you di- what he did, you don't like. We know that you don't like it, but do you know why he did it? You don't know why. So, t- forming a why for the person is judging the person without even knowing why. I've seen people who didn't intend any offense. They honestly did not know, but you picked the offense. And you didn't even ask him. Now, so, 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 you did that. And allow him to explain himself. You go and carry it and tell somebody else. Now, don't want to even give that person a chance at all. He said, that's what he used to do. Because you are already looking for a confirmation of the judgment you have already placed on the person. So you pick your friends and before you know it, it goes round, round, round. People carry this above. And the church, can, a whole church can scatter because of that. That's what Satan did. You know what Satan did? He carried news about God. Angel to angel. You don't see God. Only him, everybody's worshipping. Is he only him? We don't we have light? Is he only one that have light? That was him to have noticed. Hmm. Two of them will now go, Angel B. <laughs> you don't know what God is doing? That's how they carried news about God. And Satan was able to bring down one third of the angels by rumor mongering. Heaven is a perfect place. Who would have believed that in heaven there will be war? Heaven. You know our church is not even like heaven. Because all of you are no angels. <laughs> Amen. But angels, angels, angels that were supposed, supposed to be perfect. Angels carry rumor. And one third of the angels fell and became demons. Because somebody was a tail bearer. It's not working in love. Lift up your eyes and say, Lord, help my heart. Rise on your feet. Say it again. Say, Lord, help my heart. I want you to pray in one minute. Ask the Lord for help. Ask him to help you to love. To be able to walk with no offense towards your brother. Towards your sister. Walk with no offense. Ask him for help. Ask him for help. Ask him for help, for healing for your heart. If you have been hurt and you are, you, are, you, are, you are going through pain in your heart, I want you to pray and ask the Lord for help this morning. I need to hear you praying. I need to hear you praying. Ask him for help. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me heal my heart. Help me to grow in love. Help me to be rooted in love towards my brother. Help me to walk away from offense. Help me to walk away from gossip. Help my heart to stay steady. This is very powerful. This is very important. Ask for his help. Ask for his help. Ask for his help. Thank you, Father. Help me, Lord. 
from every heart, from every pain. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to heal. Help me, Lord, to heal and to be able to love. I want you to pray that prayer. If there's anyone who has, who has hurt you, who you have not forgiven in your heart, you want to ask for help this morning. Say, Lord, grant me grace. Your love has been shed abroad in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be.